Hey, 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 what is going on? You are listening to Tag's podcast, a.k.a. Talk About Gay Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Steve V. And this is episode 363, alongside Cody Maurice Doggett. How the hell are you doing, Cody? Hello, darling. I'm doing wonderful. Now I have my beautiful glass of wine. Yes, cheers. Yes, we are in the same room as we record this oh, today. Yeah. Which is kind of cool to be in the same room, right? Oh, yeah. I love it. I always love recording live with you. The energy is just palpable, and I just think it's amazing. So yeah. I'm happy to be here. Thank I you mean, for having me. We're still celebrating five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are celebrating five years of podcasting, and we always started the show doing it in the same room here at this table that we're doing at it now. And I always felt the dynamic was great. It yep. probably requires a little bit more coordination of getting everybody here. And we all know we're all so busy. And I'm always late. And it's okay. <laughs> I, I appreciate you making your way over here because it's not easy. And I think we all got a little bit used to Zooming and dialing it in via yeah. virtually. It's so easy to do that nowadays. Oh, and yeah. we Truth be told, listeners, we do the show now that way for the most part. It just has worked. One of our hosts, Jeremy, has moved away to Massachusetts. Uh, Lincoln is crazy busy teaching and Mm -hmm. the bakery. So it's just that much easier. You're in Brooklyn. I know. It's that much easier to dial in. But every once in a while, I think it's great to do this and see your actual physical response oh yes (laughs) it's so good yeah it's good to to actually be in the same room i do like zoom recording though because you can get your rupaul on and have on like sweatpants underneath or maybe no pants underneath (laughs) yeah is that how you do it that is how i do it i love it okay Well, on this episode, um, a little bit later, I'm revisiting an interview I did with director Tomer Heyman about his brand, not his brand new film, his film that's just finally getting released called Jonathan Agassi Saved My Life. And it's this powerful documentary that Mm -hmm. really came out two or three years ago, and he made the circuit on the film festival circuit. It did very well. And then he really wanted it to have a widescreen release. He didn't want it to go straight to video. And I really appreciate that because uh, the film is so powerful. I'm going to tell you just oh, a wow. little tidbit in a second. But um, it's starting to have its premiere in New York, Los Angeles, and Philly. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine after that it will go straight to video so okay. everybody can watch it. But I wanted to revisit that interview and in the second half of this show. But did you know the porn star, Jonathan Agassi? I am familiar with his work. Okay. <laughs> He's a very beautiful man, so. <laughs> very beautiful Israeli man. And the story documents over a few years. It they didn't. I always love a good documentary when it's not just like one year in the making. It's mm-hmm. like several years. Oh, yeah. That's always good. And it started at the height of Jonathan Agassi. By the way, not his real name, mm-hmm. but his stage name. Yeah. I mean, you know. That's, yep. what we get, that's what we got going, too. Hello. We do. We do. <laughs> and it follows him at the height of his porn career. And we get to see where he's making appearances mm-hmm. and everything's going great. But we learn a little bit about his his great relationship with his mother and his not-so-great relationship with his father. Oh, that wow. sort of is deal dealt with later on in the film because it's sort of his downfall, too, Um, He does get involved with drugs, and I know there's a lot of people going, oh, another porn star. No, this is, he does get caught up with it, but you see it through the lens of in real time, Mm -hmm. and you kind of understand how it could go this way, Um, but it's such a story of redemption and turning your life around. That's so beautiful. I was really touched by this film. I'm going to go see it again and hopefully meet director Tomer here in New York City next week. Cool. I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. So it does debut listener audience this week. Uh, You can start seeing it. I'll put it all on tagspodcast.com. Again, it's going to Los Angeles and Philly. It's called Jonathan Agassi Saved My Life. Stay tuned for that. uh, My interview with Tomer, uh, the second half of the show. But let's get into some hot topics. And 
couple quick dates. I just want to let everyone know. May 24th, speaking of L.A., I will be in L.A. for the Cyber Socket Awards. Hopefully picking up my award for us. But, you know, and thank you all for the many of you that voted for us. Uh, It was pouring in all the people that told me you were voting. And I really appreciate it. We all really appreciate it. We do. Yes, thank you guys. So it's going to be in LA Tuesday, May 24th at uh, I'll post Heart Bar in West Hollywood okay. on Santa Monica Boulevard, beginning everything at 6.30, red carpet. I'll be there to just have fun and enjoy the process. I can't wait to hear everything and... I can't wait for you to come back with that trophy because I'm speaking well, it into existence right now. Okay? okay. I mean, we'll see. If not, they do say it's always great to be nominated. It is. It and is. We'll but see. We but win and know. We, yeah. I'll document every aspect of it. And on other date news, May 31st, Tuesday, May 31st, oh, a week later, we'll be doing our monthly Discord voice deeper conversation it is post uh right after memorial day weekend on tuesday may 31st at 9 p.m eastern time and if you want to join the conversation they've been getting really deep and connected um you can go to patreon.com forward slash tags podcast you can join at the sub category and above and join the conversation on our discord voice channel can't wait. Yes. All right. Well, let's get into a couple hot topics before my interview. And this first one, I couldn't, you know, in news right now, we keep hearing about Florida don't say gay bill uh-huh. and wondering, are there going to be repercussions? Is this real? Well, yes, it is because oh, no. a teacher says she was just fired after talking to students about sexuality. All right, hear me out here. A Florida middle school art teacher claims she was fired by her school district after speaking to her students about sexuality. Casey Scott said that her students ended up drawing flags representing their own sexuality and that school leaders had her throw them throw the image and the drawings out. A discussion happened in class, and because of that, I'm fired, Scott told the outlet. Scott said the conversation had focused on sexuality and that some students had asked about her sexual mm-hmm. orientation, and she told them she was pansexual. Yep. She said, I like anyone despite male, female, oh, I like anyone despite male, female, non-binary, transgender, she explained. She told the class she was married to a man. Mm -hmm. Some of the students ended up asking if they could draw flags, so they asked her if they could draw flags representing their sexuality. She then hung the drawings on her classroom door, and it was then that the school's leader, leaders contacted her. They said it would be in the best interest if she got rid of them. She went over to the recycling bin, grabbed all their flags, and all the kids were staring at me, and I crumbled their flags in front of them. Oh, Jeez. No. After that, she oh. was, uh, the outlet asked, she felt about how, how she felt, really ashamed, disappointed, because I feel like it's all my fault and I was just being myself, Scott said, when she was asked about her, her sexuality. Mm-hmm. She's now out of a job. So I think the, the thing about don't say gay, Governor DeSantos signing it into reality, mm-hmm. apparently it got to the school board parents and she's out of a job. So this thing is really real. If, yeah. you, if you are wondering if there's ramifications and I don't know, I think, first of all, we know why they put this into the mix. Mm-hmm. Homophobia yeah. and it's uh, we're in a 50-50 country right now which is all about politics. Mm-hmm. But do you think that she did anything wrong? Of course not. She was just being, like you said, she was just being herself. The kids initiated the question. And I think that when you deny kids uh, the answers to their questions, I think that that only intensifies them wanting to seek out things maybe in the wrong way. So I think that she did what she had to do in order to make sure that the kids were taken care of, and now she's being punished. The sad thing is that she is being punished, and there's no legal repercussions for her. Like, she can't do anything legally in order to 
go against it. Yeah, the law is not on her side. Exactly. And also that those kids are probably more traumatized by them balling up all of those papers and having her fired than if they would have just let it let it go. Because the argument on the right, besides it being political, so if you were just to separate what's going on in our country and you're just to argue what they're saying Mm -hmm. is they don't want a a certain age group talking about our like sex Mm -hmm. and so forth. This wasn't about sex talk. It was simply they asked her what her sexuality is. She gave a very... Uh, clinical yeah. and honest response yeah. that didn't say what she does in the bedroom. I know. Oh, my God. And that would be a completely different story. Right. And I think that's where the argument has been on the right of, oh, we're going to start talking about what people are doing. No. it's She simply said who she's interested in from a sexuality standpoint. Who she can love. Right. Like, and young people in high school, I believe this was high school, mm-hmm. are... Also experimenting much more than I when I was, yeah. and they're putting the flag, which is a pride sy- symbol, mm-hmm. and now they can't even do that. Yeah, it's it's insane to me. It it really just speaks volumes of where our society is heading, and I and I don't like it. No, no. So people, this is where we're headed. I just hope that the rest of the country doesn't follow suit. Yeah, because Florida is definitely. Yeah, not on my shit list right now. I know. It's so sad. I don't even want to go visit my boyfriend's parents down there. Okay. (laughs) And they're probably in a more conservative area than even like Miami. But that's the whole state, so it doesn't even really matter. Exactly. Well, Raheem Shabazz, speaking of porn stars. Ooh, my man. And, you know, one of the things I did love about Jonathan Agassi Saved My Life is he's out of the industry now. It didn't ultimately work for him. Okay. And there's oftentimes people that like to say, oh, yeah, this is all porn performers, OnlyFans. It's a slippery slope and mm-hmm. it can be but not for everybody True. you'll see though it's really handled well in the film but Raheem Shabazz apparently didn't even want to be a porn star really? to begin with he shared how he got started in porn and earlier this month Raheem Shabazz announced he'd be giving away two I love this Nintendo switches do you know what that is oh Yes, what I they? love the Nintendo Switch. Oh, of course, that's why I love you on the show because you're always up on the. What is that? I know all the nerd culture, the gamer culture. G A Y M E R, by the way. Oh, yeah. gamer. gamer, gamer. I want to be a gamer. Come over to the house. Can, can you just teach me like one game once and how to play one? We play Mario Kart. We play Super Smash Brothers. So come over. Are we, we smoking? Uh-oh. Uh, it's legal now. I saw some things yeah, on, yeah. The, on the subway. So I would do that. Yeah, but come no, on. I would just come and have a, what do you serve, White Claw? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a White Claw or, or BYOB. I'll bring my own. No, no, no. You got to have a White Claw. Wine. You got to have a White Claw. Okay. If we're going to do it, we got to do it right. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I love the Switch. It's, it's basically kind of, it's more of a portable game system. Okay. And you can, I think that you can play it i usually play it with the television but i think that you can play it handheld as well and i think that that's why they call it the switch oh okay so so he's he announced that he's giving i love this that it's so relevant too he's giving away two nintendo switches i need to get in there to followers who subscribe to his newsletter and talk about taking porn only fans into your own hands I love this idea. While yeah. those prizes have since been awarded, it's already time, according to Straight Up Gay Porn, for yet another giveaway. Uh, I guess he's giving away the Oculus Quest yes. 2 VR headset. Oh, really? Do you know those? Yeah. It's one of those things that it's probably one of for those live. I love you him. know those live video games that you play. Is he looking for a boyfriend? I mean, <laughs> I mean, you already have one, bitch. I know, but <laughs> I, I can have two. <laughs> so in this interview, when he was talking about all of this, he was talking about how he got into porn. Somehow, while I'm 
in Spain chaperoning Leon for his Tim Tale scene with Tim. Okay. Tim and his business partner Grobes convinced me, this is Raheem talking, okay. to make my on-screen debut with uh, a mask, though, because mm-hmm. at the time, anonymity was a must. Okay. I had zero interest in being a porn star. I had... Um, I had zero interest in even being on social media, he says. Mm-hmm. I'm laughing right now, thinking about the various masks that we had that they tried on him, black, leather, wrestling. They ended up settling they ended up settling on the wrestling masks. Ooh. And at that time he was known as Big Bro. What? I gotta well, go back and look this up. This is the old school shit. <laughs> is it on VHS? I'm not that old. <laughs> Soon after returning from Spain, Leon and I decided to part ways. The knucklehead, this is according to Raheem. Okay. I love that word. The knucklehead was stubborn as hell. um, Having been to Spain filming those studio scenes being among European actors like Andy, Victor, Ram, and others, Mm -hmm. it only got worse. That didn't work too well with a person as controlling as myself. Yes, I am a bit of a control freak. Who isn't? All right. So I just started. So he decided to start his own fan page and Twitter account, um, thinking that no one would be interested, given that at the time he was 38. I had no social media, what? no real history in anything, but things kind of took off faster than I could have ever expected. When one night while on Grinder, I saw a porn star that I could never get the attention of, and trust me, I tried for months, was just a few hundred feet away. Who is this mystery man? Sean Zevron. Oh, my God. Do you know Sean? Uh, I'm in love. First of all, okay, all my loves in one story, I'm here for it. Let's go. <laughs> you know who Sean Zevron is? Yes, I, mean- I do. And he, not to get kind of political again, but he's very politically minded. So Sean Zevron is. Okay. And, uh, uh, in addition to being very super hot. So I kind of love how... He got into the business. You know, in some ways, I think the porn industry can be quite enticing, especially mm-hmm. now. I would imagine everybody thinks you can do your OnlyFans, and people can. And But it's a lot of work, like podcasting. It is, yeah. Everybody, if you just get a mic, you don't even have to have a great mic. You could do a podcast. Everybody could. Yeah. I think it. people realize after... Uh, you know, it's there's more work to be had, and are you going to be consistent? And yeah. can, is it sustainable in porn? Are you really comfortable putting yourself out there and thinking about? I think there's a checklist that mm-hmm. you have to think about. Yeah, like I don't know, family or what are your friends going to think? Mm-hmm. How your dating life? is going to go from here on out. Yeah. There's a lot of factors. Totally. What, you know, answering to the people. So it sounds like in some ways, maybe it's great that Raheem started at 38. When he had more in mind of what his life could look like and what he actually envisioned for himself. I think I, I see a lot of value in that. I think that when you start things later in life, you know who you are more as opposed to people who get started in their 20s and I feel like you're a little bit more malleable when you're in your 20s so you just do whatever people kind of try and tell you Uh, maybe not now but when I was 20 that is how things went down I I was I if someone said that this was the way to do things then that I I got in my mind that that was the way that things were gonna go so I can see what he's saying I I agree in in some ways I could see this being a model for many industries Mm -hmm. for so long we thought you have to like to be an actor or to do any kinds of things you had to be a certain you know youthful and then it ends Mm -hmm. i think you probably have a better head on your shoulders for something like this to start by the way 38 to me is young so (laughs) um and he looks amazing yeah i i did not even know that he was 38 or when he started yeah because how old is he now? I don't even know. I'm not good at math. so I don't know when this was, but I mean, maybe if this was a couple years ago, maybe he's 40. He's been on the scene now for at least four to five years. Okay. So. I mean, I think it's great because I think you've had a chance to live, have sexual experiences, 
know who you are, know what you want, know how you're going to handle the industry. And you bring probably a lot more, you know, OnlyFans is a lot about storytelling mm -hmm. more so than it, it porn is too mm -hmm. but you have to be your own storyteller exactly so you probably bring more to the table and make your content that yeah. much more interesting so and you're ready for it you've thought about it you've gotten a lot of that other shit out of the way you're not going down a rabbit hole hopefully and i think it's great and so his content is so hot is it it seems like he knows the type of content that he wants to put out there and he has a vision of what he wants to actually disseminate to the people. So I, I love it. I say, keep it coming. Cheers Raheem. to Raheem. Cheers to Raheem. <laughs> it's time to get into my interview with Tomer Heyman about his brand. Well, his upcoming documentary that you guys can see uh, you can find all the listings on tagspodcast.com. The film is called Jonathan Agassi Saved My Life. A couple of quick announcements before we get into my interview. Just wanted to let you know that Lincoln will be back next week for episode 364 on May 17. And he wanted me to let you know that if you have any questions, advice you want specifically with Lincoln's perspective, send them our way. You can always go to our website and email us from there or simply DM us at Tags Podcast on our Instagram page and we'll get to that. Also, we have an after show, a Tags after show with Cody and myself coming out this week. Stay tuned on our, for our Patreon members at the Twink category and above. You can always go to patreon.com forward slash tags podcast. Also, May 31st, Tuesday, is our third deeper conversation on our Discord voice channel. And that's where we have a deeper conversation and we kind of do round robin. Everybody gets to speak and we usually have a topic, but we also bring up topics as the night goes on. It's all happening Tuesday, May 31st at 9 p.m. Eastern time deeper conversations happening and you can grab the uh, the sub category and above over on our patreon page patreon.com forward slash tags podcast and just introduced a new thing if you want to support tags you can do it monthly on our patreon page and get the perks but you can also save 10% and do a yearly subscription just easy to do and you'll get them those monthly perks in your inbox as we move forward well let's get into my interview with Tomer Heyman Jeremy you and I saw a documentary recently that made a huge impact on us and, and left us thinking a lot. It's mm -hmm. called Jonathan Agassi Saved My Life. Uh, Jonathan Agassi is a stage name, but it's essentially a guy from Israel who was discovered and became a porn star. Michael Lucas Productions. A lot of you have heard of him. Lucas Entertainment. Yeah. Yep. S discovered him and he quickly got on the map of a major porn star. And like a lot of porn stars, went on to become an escort and a performer. And when our documentary meets him, it's at the very beginning of his career when he's taking off and he's doing photo shoot after photo shoot. Mm -hmm. He's dancing at parties and at a lot of these parties, they I've been to some of these before, where they'll create sex acts on stage. And, and there's so many scenes in the movie, we'll talk about it in a second, Jeremy, yeah. where they reenact hot sex acts on stage. Mm -hmm. it, the, scene, the film goes on to, you know, he lives in Berlin, his... We are introduced to his mother, who he's incredibly close to, has a very special bond with. We learn more about his upbringing in Israel, which you can imagine. His father that sort of left the coop early on, and he has a struggling relationship with his father, who also lives in Berlin, three blocks away from him. Drugs into the picture, and it's a roller coaster of a ride film that's a documentary but plays more like a narrative film 
I was incredibly mesmerized. Yeah. I was on the seat of my chair. You're like engulfed when you watch it. It's like it's yeah. So what did you sh- think about it when you started watching it? I, I was kind of shocked. I mean, I a lot of it I wasn't expecting. It's very very real. It's so raw, which I know documentaries do that realm of film, but you see like the inside insider part of this person's life and you see like the demise and the decline and the up and it's like it's an up and down and it's a constant struggle but it's like you see it's fascinating to see the back and forth for somebody where I guess in in his life there's a lot of uh great accolades that he gets but then also the dark side of it is his actual life outside of getting the accolades in not in the porn and not with the escorting and any of that where a lot of that he benefits monetarily but it also shows that that really doesn't end up making him happy and doesn't really provide the substance but I mean it's amazing and it it was I wasn't expecting a lot of the shit that I saw and it's it's raw and you see just like you said, the roller coaster ride of somebody's life behind the scenes of it looking all glazed over and glossy and beautiful. I mean, the the scenes that you see when they're on location for Lucas Entertainment are like unbelievable. Mykonos, I mean, it's like which yes, you and, and I the, know, and the setting, and they're like on a cliff. Everyone's greased up, and they're stunning, and they're just like, I guess, fake fucking for the camera or actual in between, and it's like. It's really amazing to see. I've never really seen any of that footage and behind the scenes. And then you see like him on the beach with his mom who he took along for the trip. And it's like, I mean, that alone, their dynamic and their relationship that you see behind the scenes, you have to always end up remembering there's a real person behind all of this, which I guess when it comes to the sex part of it, we take that part out of remembering like this is somebody's son. This is someone's brother. This is someone's sibling. And I love that in this documentary, you see the differences and like you see him in the middle of the live sex act. And then you see him in Mykonos holding his mom's hand on the beach, like laying in in each other's laps. It's, it was great. I loved it. It's an extremely unapologetic mm-hmm. display of someone's life. And Jonathan, by the way, is beautiful. Gorgeous. <laughs> so sexy. Yeah. So you're going to want to watch this film. I had a chance to talk to Tomer Heyman, the director of this film, and he was so real and raw in this interview. Um, we're going to let you listen to a little bit of my interview with him as he discusses how he even discovered Jonathan Agassi because... Tomer is also Israeli and um, a gay man from Israel, filmmaker as Jonathan is. And so you'll you'll hear a little bit about that, why he decided to, why he didn't know he wanted to make a film about him. But he was just fascinated. And intrigued, which you, I, you can be by somebody that's captivating. I mean. And he, what you don't always get in a film, a documentary, is he followed him for eight years. Mm-hmm. And you're getting so much of beginning, middle, and end, yeah. and it's so riveting. Anyways, let's listen to the beginning of my interview with Tomer Heyman. Um, one little tidbit fact about this, is, which was adorable to me, is Tomer, I was trying to connect with him, and obviously I'm in New York, he's in Tel Aviv, there's an eight-hour difference, which was fine, we finally made it work. And Tomer has two, I think he has a partner, but he has two little boys. <laughs> and I saw that in his WhatsApp and I was said, Are the, do you have two little boys? And he said, I do. And they were very present in this interview it. in the room playing with their toys. And every so often he had to like go, you go into his native tongue and, <laughs> and scold or say, you know, I'm doing an interview, like yes. get out of the way. Yeah. And I had to edit, edit, edit. But anyways, we were laughing and it's adorable. It and he's, anyway, let's listen to the first part of the interview and we'll come back and talk about it some more. How did you um, discover this guy, Jonathan Agassi, and decide to make this film? Basically, in a very strange way, I never heard about Jonathan Agassi before. I was not into porn for different reason. Um, so the this title Jonathan Agassi that later on my friend almost have doubts that I don't know the guy before. Hey, you didn't spend some night with him, you know what it means. I say, no, sorry, I never heard about 
Jonathan Agassi, the way I know him is by walking very late. I mean, maybe 3 a.m. I was depressed. I was after separation from my boyfriend. I just want a beer, maybe adventure, maybe who knows what. And I went to a local bar in Tel Aviv. Maybe 10 people with me, like me, you know, want a beer or vodka or mojito. And the bartender allowed himself to say to all of us with no words, with his body language, I don't care about you guys. He just jumped above the bar and start to kiss and to make love with one of the client. And in, from this moment, he stopped being a bartender. And we need. And I went home mad and angry about the service. But at the same time, I was either jealous or either like said, what's going on here with this guy? But it was very strong moment. It was very strong moment. And um, that basically was the the first moment I, I, I catch something with him. Three, four months later, I'm doing another project to, the, to another movie, and I was shooting in the gay uh, month, gay week of parade, you know, all this event. And from very yes. far, my camera, you know, you have to understand, summer, Israel, hot, Tel Aviv, you cannot even, like, touch anyone. It's too hot, Okay. So in this really huge event, everyone dancing sweaty, but in the middle of this huge, um, like, I don't know how many people are around, I recognize these two guys who's doing love in the street of Tel Aviv. So I run with my camera, and it took me a while, but I think then I remember, this is a guy that a couple months ago, you know, kind of did, I found him doing it the same, like on the bar. And then I asked a friend, can I have a number of Jonathan Agassi? Can you, can you help me to, to have any connection to him? Yeah, of course. He sent me mobile number. He sent me Facebook. And day after, I met Jonathan Agassi in, the, in the, one of the hotels in Ayarcon Street. And I offered him uh, to follow him on this documentary. And that's the beginning. And I- I understand that at first, Jonathan wasn't very keen on wanting to be the subject of a film and that there was a story behind that relating to his mother. Can you talk about that? Yeah, of course. Why says this guy, I don't know who is it. And then I come to my friend, who is this guy who dared to be naked, to make love in front of everyone? What's going on here? He said, Tomer, don't pretend yourself. You don't know the guy. I don't know the guy. This is Jonathan Agassi. Huge porn stars, the only one that came out from Israel all over. Everyone masturbated on him, everyone, whatever, in clubs, in sauna, in parties. And I told him, tomorrow I need to meet him. So I wrote to Jonathan. I don't remember. It was Facebook, WhatsApp, whatever. And in, like I don't know, two hours later, he told me, come to meet me in the middle of the day with me lunchtime. I'm in Hyarcon Street in a local hotel. I'm not living in Tel Aviv. I'm living in Berlin, and I will be happy to see you. I don't remember what I told him, something like, hey, I want to offer you something. I have a, a suggestion. I don't remember, but I, I'm coming. It was Friday, lunchtime, easy, you know, nothing. Pre- I was not prepared to what's going on right now. I knock on the door of this hotel. The guy, naked, with maybe a small towel covered something. Okay, it started to be very strange. You know what <laughs> I mean? I Okay, I tell myself, Tom, yeah. Brazilian, bizarre. I'm very nervous because it's a very important moment. You know, I'm going to offer to this guy a kind of um, suggestion to join me to this journey. So, like, I, I was nervous. Did you have the idea that you wanted to create a documentary or at least follow him around? No, it was, it, you have to understand, it was very early, basic meeting to know him. My instinct went with, hey, this guy is interesting, but I, I no clue about the father, about the mother, you know, the complex he carried from the past. Later on, we might talk about it. I just was surprised that someone from Israel is so out as a gay icon doing us live sex all over, not hide it, not ashamed about it. So it sounds to me an interesting story. So it started to be very either surrealistic, strange, weird. 
Uh, I'm a filmmaker coming to talk with my protagonist. It's happened in my life before, but in this atmosphere. So he started to ask me this question. Um, how are you going to pay me? Dollar, euro, oh. shekel. What is your fantasy? You are more top, you are more bottom. And then, oh, I got it. You know, the guy have expectation. I might be a client. We might have sex. And so I told him, hey, Jonathan, oh. sorry. I'm a, film, I'm a filmmaker. I'm doing documentaries. Please go to the second room. Dress yourself. After five minutes, he came like a good Howard University Jewish guy with like a very nice suit. Like <laughs> the opposite. Like, you know, he, and I and right, that was the right. moment when I shake his hand and I say, hey, nice to meet you. You are very interesting to me. And, and I mention it because the same time, the reality show in Israel, we're talking about almost 10 years ago, was huge, the Big Brother. Big Brother offered to Jonathan half million shekel, which is incredible, you know, for Israelis, okay? It's like half million dollars to be part of the first, yeah, of the first season in Israel. I, I, and Jonathan told me, hey, Tomer, it's not about money. I don't want anyone to follow my story. I have a great life. I'm in the top of my career. So I'm not into it. And I, because I told him I'm not going to pay you money. I'm just going to bring my camera. And I don't know what's happening in this moment. I told him, can I talk to your parents, your father, your mother? He said, my father for me is almost a dying person. So don't talk about my father. My mother here, not far away, maybe 10 kilometers. Take her number. But you know, Tomer, there's no chance. And I put my, sorry, he say I put my dick. You can choose to put, he say I put my hand or my legs. My mother will never will give her permission to be in a movie if you're going to touch this aspect of escorting and porn because she's too shy and she's from Israel and she... So don't worry. You won't have my mother, so it means you won't have me. And that's the next steps where was this meeting with Anna that she's also very important in the movie. Yeah. His mother, yes, exactly. And so, is it fair to say that there was a little, there was definitely a connection that you wanted to explore, being a, being from the same country, Israel, Tel Aviv, and you particularly knowing your culture, did a lot of your initial interest in wanting to follow Jonathan have to do with that, just relating to the for culture? sure the, the uh, at the beginning. I was surprised and shocked. Is that, you know, someone from Israel, you know, you have to understand, Holon, Jonathan is not coming from Tel Aviv. He's coming from a small server near Tel Aviv. It's very... Uh, oh, say that again? Concern. He's coming from Holon, Holon. It's a small city near okay. Tel Aviv. Uh, you know, compare either to LA, things about a small city... Uh, really suburbs that you are really far from the center, much more uh, people in the closet, people have fears. Uh, when Jonathan started also to tell me that he carried a lot of trauma uh, from his past, you know, he was uh, like a, a child that the society really, really treated him in a bad way. So I'm talking about a server, and, and I was surprised that this young man dare to go all the way because I saw him on the movies. Even compared to other uh, porn stars, he was wild. He was dark. He dared to do things that other people say we're not going to do it. Yeah, I, 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 it, it shocked me and it was interesting. And it looked like more as an optim, op, optimic movie, you know, about the guy from the other side of Israel doing it, you know, like kind of uh, against all odds, you know, this like almost Hollywood movie. I remember the sentences like it's today when I met Jonathan, he told me, my life is like Hollywood, you will have this Hollywood movie, which means, you know, fame, glory, successful money. That's what I know about the guy. Because obviously, once you got that permission from his mother, he seems you have full access and I understand you followed 
Jonathan for how many years? I know till now I, I know Jonathan almost 10 years. I follow him eight years in the movie at the, in the final cut you almost see Jonathan from the age of 24 till the age of 31 which is six and a half seven years which is a lot you know like I, I met him uh, really at the beginning of the career he was naive no drugs in the pictures um, safe sex sleeping eight hours being a good Jewish boy that chose to do poor and very proud and have the feeling that he chose it and the freedom that he have in his life that was the starting point and in the seven years till the age of 31 and you know uh, I went to a different area with this movie you are a, um, I know you have your film company and you've produced and documented um, several films actually was was this the longest that you've ever created a documentary or followed a subject along and at what point was Jonathan curious, you know, at what point did you realize, okay, I have my film and I'm just curious it, about it's the It's the timing. hardest movie for sure. I also created a movie, Mr. Gaga, about uh, Bacheva Dance Company and Oad Narin. It took me eight years to do it, but not eight years of following. In this, in this um, case, Jonathan Agassi saved my life. I was really, really deeply involved on many layers and uh, was where too many moments that I lost myself in the movie because I found myself going to Berlin and London. I'm not so naive guy. I'm gay by myself. I went to party. I went to sauna. I went, you know, to adventure. I'm not a virgin, but still I was exposed to this kind of style of life, heavy parties, drugs, and extremely destroyed yourself. It was new to me. So you have to understand it's many times happened that Jonathan called me, come to see amazing party in London, in, in, in Spain, in whatever, many times in Berlin. Mykonos, yeah. Mykonos, we well, go to Mykonos as well. And I found myself for three weeks, one month, or my cameraman, sometimes I was not able, so I sent the cameraman, I derise. So it was a movie that surprised me. Each time I discover more layers about the guy. One of the turning points that, you know, you might see in the movie, it's like when I realized by mistake that his father, first of all, he have a father, a real father that is alive, and he is living three blocks from the apartment that Jonathan have client or doing the porn movies. Three blocks from there is a father who created this boy, this child, and they are not talking and I don't understand the, the relationship. This is something that I, I discover by, by mistake from Jonathan. So what I'm supposed to do with this information? Of course, I want to meet the father. I'm interested why he left the house, what kind of relationship. Then the father agreed to be in the movie and he's coming to visit Jonathan. And one of the, I think, a very strong moment in the movie is this meeting with son and father. It's really hit you. It's really oh, very much so. And for my audience that I can't wait for them to watch, you will come for Jonathan, the star. You will get caught up in this deeply riveting, exciting, sexualized story. But you will you can't help but feel emotion for this other storyline, which is the relationship with his mother, which is very touching and endearing. And then, like you talk about his father, which he has struggled to have a relationship with. And we learned so much about that, the meeting you're talking about, that really rounds out this film. Um, Jonathan gave you so much to work with, and, and it seems like he allowed you full access to everything. And we're talking the partying and, and, and him on, you know, on stage having sex and talking to potential uh, escort clients and you know, on and on. Um, was that? And you know, he gave me he gave me his own computer, which shocked me. Like with hundred or thousand sex event and situation with people, he told me if you want to understand me, watch it. So for like two months, I just watched sex after sex. What I'm supposed to do with it? Another <laughs> two guys, three guys in his computer exchange movies in some website. Hey man, you know what? It's two months to see from different, ver, ver, you know, what I'm supposed to do with it. What kind of 
uh, information I have to take? Shall I put it in the movie? Shall I ignore it? Like a deep question I was, I asked myself during the process. There's one scene towards the end, and I think we were talking about it a little briefly, about the drug taking and how it escalates. And I'm wondering, there's one scene towards the end where it gets pretty serious. And I know as a documentarian, you're following somebody around, you have full access, but you obviously, you know, you're participating by going to some of these parties, but at times there's one scene, and I don't want to totally give it away, where it looks like Jonathan, our subject, might need a little bit of help and he might be in some trouble and you do get involved. How, talk a little about what you can about that scene and, and how you kind of played that role of documentarian and, and when to get involved as, I'm assuming you became friends with him, when you see he could potentially be in danger. I never been to a situation like this and specific about what you described right now. To put it in the context and without to destroy the movie, you know, Jonathan started to use very heavy drugs, which is a crystal meth called Mr. Tina or GHBG. Daily basis, 24-7, sex, drugs, sex, drugs, and using drugs in a very intensive way and tell me, hey, Come with your camera, show me using it, doing it. I want to talk about it. It's part of my life. Tomer, I want you to be there. He by himself, I don't I can't say force me, but call me and I'm in Israel and say, come to a party that the main issue is using drugs and then sex. Okay. Yeah, can I stop you? Can I stop you there real quick? What do you think, just if you could share, what do you think that was about? If you could, I mean, what do you think it was about Jonathan that wanted, he knew that you're filming him, that this was going to be documented, that ultimately this is going to be most likely shown in one way, shape, or form. What do you think it was about Jonathan that wanted to show everything, including this side, the drug side? There's something very beautiful about Jonathan that he's not sharing only the beauty and, the, you know, the perfect moment in life. He really have this mission to share things with people and say, hey, my life is full of complex and I also want you, my fans or my friend, to be with me when I'm down, empty and lonely. But even, I, I, even Jonathan, I think, was not aware how deep he's in problem and we have to share with 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 your with your um, audience that you know he started using drugs that create almost like epilepsy uh, situation which means you know you lose completely yourself you put yourself in danger you might die from it people are dying from it and you have to understand, first time I was shocked. Third time I was still shocked. After 20, 40, 50 times, I saw the guy and I decide. And in a strange way, in a moral way, I say, I need, if I'm doing a movie about escorting guy, about someone using drugs, I need to show it. I need to share it. I was not sure that Jonathan will give me the permission to, to share it. And when he came to the editing room, and we're talking about very tough uh, moment, you agree with me? It's not easy to watch. Yes, no, not at all. It's not easy to watch it. If you come to this movie, be ready. You might even right. say, "I want to leave the cinema." Jonathan came to see it. I told him, Jonathan, before I publish the movie, please watch it. And he told me, Tomer, don't dare to take this situation from the movie. It's very important that I will show a mirror to our community, the queer community, and to talk about it, but not to talk about it from intellectual theory in the academy, to show to people what's going on in the club and the connection between um, escorting and sex and, 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 you know, this jungle of feeling. Uh, it was a hard moment, but... Luckily, I have Jonathan that gave me, you know, the permission to. Exactly. And I think your first comment about what, when I asked you this was there's something very beautiful about Jonathan. And it's that just that is that he wants to show all sides of him, which is humanity. And in his case, it's full. You're getting full access and it is beautiful as it is hard to watch. I have to say the, the entirety of what he allowed you and what you covered and 
captured is ultimately a beautiful thing. And I commend you on that. Lastly, uh, do you think that there's a lot of scenes, particularly maybe the porn industry and Michael Lucas productions, do you think that there might be any backlash at all? Or do you not care? You're just certainly presenting what Jonathan's world was about, say, maybe, um, well, there's just a little bit of you insight into porn and Michael Lucas and his production company. For my personal meetings with Michael, he was really, really nice to me and to Jonathan. And you know, in some way, what I like about Jonathan Agassi is that he takes responsibility about his case. He never, never blame or have any um, doubt about uh, the industry. Yes. Because first of all, you know, and, and you know, at the beginning, Jonathan was forced to behave clean, no drugs, and to take care about the one who started to going deeply, deeply to this circle of life is Jonathan by himself. So it's very important that it's not a movie that show the backstage of porn industry. It's a very specific case because at the same time I can share with you these other porn actors that wake up in the morning, going to study, have relationship with someone, have a very boring life. So it's keep it open to the audience to decide, you know, what's going on. Maybe the movie says something about the people that taking Jonathan as an escorting, let's say this is a very strong moment at the end when 20 guys around him, you know, this is leave you with an open question about, hey, what's happened? Why we lost the ability to have intimacy and to enjoy sex just one-on-one or, you know, in a private places? This is a big question. Um, hopefully it will open a dialogue and a kind of um, question mark about industry and about our choices, but even more, what it's mean to be a father or mother. It's much more about the choices that we take as a parents. This is for me the message from the movie. Oh, I love it. I do, the film is wonderful. Tomar, I want to thank you so much. The film is called Jonathan Agassi Saved My Life. Well, I hope you're excited to see the movie. I'm going to see it again, actually. It's playing in New York City. Jonathan Agassi saved my life beginning this week, May 12th, at the New Plaza Cinema. And then it moves over to the Village East, May 13th through the 19th. There's going to be a Q&A with Tomer, so you want to check that out. And Los Angeles... It is playing May 20th through the 26th at the Lemley in Glendale. Great theater over there. Check it out. There will be some screenings as well. If you uh, want more information, go to tagspodcast.com. I will link up to the official website where you can get details and get tickets and all that good stuff. Don't forget to follow us on social media. It's at Tags Podcast on all social media platforms. Tags Live is on Wednesday, this Wednesday, May 11th. Join Cody and I in front of a live virtual audience. So see you then. Again, go to tagspodcast.com to get all information and links. And in the meantime, continue having hot gay sex.